0: We talked last week, we called it Vision Sunday, because it's 2020 now, wow, 2020, everyone's talking about 2020 eyesight, clear vision, and it's the new year, of course, churches all around the world, believers all around the world are, especially in, in the streams that we're kind of in, you know, the prophetic streams, talk about getting prophetic vision and insight, what's God speaking to the prophets, you know, and. And speaking of that, uh, Teresa has still promised to give us a word for our church, and she will. She's she's good. She's really good. She's not just going to go in a room and make something up and steal from all the other prophets out there in the land. Uh, she really does uh, have a heart of love for our church and our people, which is the same thing, I guess. It's not a building. Um, he has a heart for our church, our body. And uh, she just... She'll hear something very specific. And so I, I anticipate that. Um, also, we just felt like we wanted to lay it out before our church, you know, as far as, you know, building, continuing to build a church that's a foundation. We, we are a foundation started church. We began from a living room and now we're in this space. So we continue to build. We aim forward, keep our sight uh, building forward as God shows us and gives us vision and direction. And we, we want to keep straight in front of us. You know, the reason why we're doing this, of course. We don't want to lose lose uh, track of the reason behind it all. Because if we just start to build something without having that that mission of why God's called us to do this, then it, we will just get caught up in maintenance. We don't want to just get in maintenance mode, which can get very discouraging. Because there'll be a Sunday where there's just one family maybe that shows up. and that could be very discouraging. You'd be like, okay, we're not maintenancing very well. Uh, let's get our focus back on what God's called us to do and why we're doing it. So over the year, we felt like these 12 um, kingdom cultures or kingdom values are things that we, we would just want to at least take one Sunday a month and, and just kind of massage these things in. Um, so last week, I, I promised you guys, you know, family is like the, the one, number one, Value, kingdom value that we wanted to start with. Um, we did go through these 12 kingdom cultures when Tammy and I did our school, uh, Bethel's leadership development program. Um, so basically these are the same things that we walked through. And it's not just Bethel's stuff. These are actually kingdom values that are, are important for all believers. I mean, look at the list. You can actually look and say, okay, there's not one thing on there That should be taken off. Nothing. None of it. It And you could add to that. But a lot of the things that you could add are probably woven into each one of those. So today, we're going to talk about family, which would be bringing heaven's relational government, family, to earth. Jesus taught us to pray how? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom, come and your will be done in the earth. So we want his kingdom to come into our earth. That means whatever we need here on earth, like healthy family, healthy relationships, where do we get the model from? There. We look to we look to heaven, we look to the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. We see what family looks like in the kingdom of heaven and we want that culture to invade our lives. We want the culture of heaven in all of its facets to come in measures, and increasing measures, transforming and changing who we are. So I highlighted a few of those things on the list because when you talk about family, the relational cultures of heaven of honor, the prophetic, which is kind of what we were just doing, grace and empowerment, again, which is what we were just doing. We were releasing grace and empowering. And generosity now oh, oh boy there's that word i'm not talking about your money i'm really not concerned about that generosity is about who we are as a person good morning <laughs> you haven't missed much well a little bit but it's good you're just in time for the, the meat on the sandwich all right so Those things are kind of woven into the whole theme of family. Like what family looks like in the kingdom, in the church world, in the church realm, has all of those things in it. It's important that we learn what honor is. It's important that we learn why we use the prophetic. Why does God tell us things to communicate to other believers? Because he wants to edify them. He wants to encourage them and build them up. It's not to dig for the dirt and pull out the trash. No, it's to look for the secret hidden treasures in people's lives that they maybe don't even recognize are there or they kind of think it's there, but they have so much shame and unvalidating themselves because of their own performance. And so they just cover it all up and God's like, no, 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 no. Jesus paid a price to wipe all that stuff out of the way so that the treasure that God designed inside of you and placed in you would be called forth and you could be walking forward in that treasure, in that calling, in that identity. Yeah. Does that make sense? You guys good? So the, that's why we need the prophetic. We need grace and empowerment. We don't need punishment. Jesus took the punishment for us. That's what the cross is all about. We don't need to go around disciplining every mistake everybody makes. Now I'm not talking about parents with their kids, you know. Sometimes someone that might need a little SWAT but, you know, we don't do that where the store cameras can see because CPS <laughs> might show up. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on. In, in speaking of grace and empowerment and not punishment, we do have a couple, maybe one of Danny Silk's books left. We got a lot more at home, but there's one left, Unpunishable, which is according to Mr. Hunter there. It's, it's a good book, right? Yeah, yeah challenging. Oh, no, no. no, I mean, I would, but I, I want to run right now. I'm like in my jogging shorts are on and I'm ready to go. So. I, and and if, if I have you elaborate on the book right now, it's gonna, we're going to get off the track. So maybe in a little bit. But yes, that's a good book. So if you guys didn't know, we have this little mini bookstore over there. Um, and just to clarify, yeah, we, we do pay for the books out of the church funds. If you can afford a book... Stick 10 bucks in the box, in the offering box. If you really need it and you can't afford it, just just take it. If you're going to read it, like don't take it just to take it because someone said it's free, you know, if you need it. I'm just saying if you need the tools, we want you to have the tools if you're going to use it. Um, and if you do grab one for free and you use it, don't just stick it on a shelf to never be read again. Pass it off to somebody else who could use it. Yeah. That's Anyway, clarify that. So, we good? Yes. You guys good? Everybody okay? So we're going to talk about family. I'm going to give you guys a truckload of scriptures, and there's like 10,000 more truckloads that I could have brought in, but it's like there's no way we're probably going to get through all the ones I even pulled up. So let's look at slide number three. It's, is, it, is it the bass? And we getting feedback? Are you hearing it? Okay. I think we'll be Okay. okay. If you want to, if it gets too loud, you know what to do, right? Okay. Okay. A quote. This is not a scripture. You guys have all been looking at it already. What do you guys think of that? I'm going to read it out loud. Some people's relationship with their revelation. Okay. We get revelation. We're like, wow, I didn't know this about God. I have a relationship with that revelation now. I want to just like own it. I want to run with it. I want to like put it on a flag and wave it over all the churches that I go into. Some people have a a relationship with that revelation that is deeper than their revelation of their need for relationship. Aha, a little play on words there. You have need. I have need. And it's not just to get more knowledge. It's actually... We have a need to get deeper revelation on our need to have relationships. The kingdom of God is not about going to a building. It's not about doing attending and just warming seats. I mean, it's all, that's all part of it, but that's, just not, that's not the sum of it all. God is a God who is a father before anything else, He is a father. Jesus came to reconcile us, those sons and daughters of creation who are lost and orphaned in the world. Jesus came to rescue us and unite us back to the father. Just read the prodigal son story and it all makes perfect sense when you refresh your memory. Because that is what father God is like longing for sons and daughters to come home. He does not want anyone to perish. He wants all people to come to him, to turn around, to repent, to change their mind from living life apart from God and living in all the stuff that they can fill their empty heart with, all the junk, and have them dump it all and run home, run to him, have a relationship with him. So this is a cool guy. I don't know if any of you can say that name. His name's Lois. He's a guy from NCMI, Lois DeFloriot. I don't even know how to say it, DeFlorio. He's a South African, Canadian, Frenchman, something like that. He's an awesome dude. Um, He's got a father's heart, yeah. I love that quote. That quote has stuck with me for over a decade now. Chris Valatin says, you'll find your purpose, if you're wondering what your purpose is in God, you'll find your purpose when you find your people. So it's important to find your people. This may not be your people if you're visiting today. It could be. But the reason why I find so much comfort in that is because when someone comes and visits, I don't have to worry about trying to get them to come back. Let me just entice you. Because, you know, we've got a lot of empty seats and we need more people. That, that doesn't need to be my motivation because I know that, that God has a certain DNA and a certain culture, family style that he is establishing here. And when you find your family, when you find your people, then you'll find your purpose. It may be here. All I know is he will lead you and he will make it clear to you. And if you need to stay for a season and figure it out, we'll help you with that. And if you find out that God has something else for you, we've been there too. We've been in that place. Yes, we have left churches. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. Maybe a little ugly, I don't know. So anyway we good so far? Yes. Okay. You'll find your pe- purpose when you <laughs> preach it. You'll find your purpose when you find your people. Let's look at slide number four. I promise we'll get to some scriptures. This is a little Paul Manwaring quote, our favorite Brit from Bethel. The government of heaven. Okay, so heaven has a government. It has a, a rule and a reign. The government of heaven is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Boy, we were singing that with all of our hearts. Three in one. So perfect in their loyalty to each other. So perfect in their honor for each other. So perfect in their understanding of the purpose of each other. So secure in their identity of each each one that you can glance at three and think you only saw one. Now, that's Paul. I don't know if that's accurate, but but it's good. There are three in one and one in three. They are relationship defined in absolute perfection. You want to know what perfect relationship looks like? Look to the triune God. Our God, one God over all creation, existing in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for all eternity How they pulled that off, because there are three members of that Godhead. We have a lot we could pull from that and learn of what that looks like. Relationship defined in absolute perfection. So when we want to know how to do relationships here on earth, we need to first of all know how important it is. If we don't have a value for relationship, then it's just going to be contractual. There's, a, there's two, two sides of relationships. You can have contractual relationships or covenantal relationships. Our relationship that God brought us into with him is a covenant relationship. It means he was willing to go the distance just to have us with him in spite of all of our warts and failures and weaknesses. He chose you before you chose him. He knew what he was getting himself into. He believes the best about you. So there's a lot we can learn about the value of relationships just in that alone. The fact that the father, the father would send his one and only son. Okay, I've got two boys, and I'm still not willing to sacrifice one of them. Well, maybe No. <laughs> it wouldn't be you. No. <laughs> it wouldn't be you either. Oh, okay. Abraham and Isaac. Oh, yeah. Poor Isaac, he's probably like, what is this old guy doing? Anyway, I would not be willing to sacrifice one of my kids. In fact, I would go first. If someone was going to kill any of us, I'd be like, let me die. You let them live. Okay, that's how, <laughs> that's how much I love these people. These are my people. I don't know yet if I could say that about the rest of you. <laughs> I might. I might die for you. No, I probably would because, I don't know, it's just that thing that us guys carry Right, soldier? We will lay down our lives to protect the, the innocent. Okay, anyway, we're going down a rabbit trail here. I want to I wanna point out a few highlights on that back there. You know, loyalty. We're not going to go into loyalty. But loyalty says a lot. If, if the Trinity, if the triune God has loyalty amongst the three of them, and honor and understanding of each one's unique purpose, and they're each secure in who they are, like Jesus isn't like, Oh, I wish the Father would kick the bucket so I could rule. I could be the Father. The Holy Spirit's not like, you know, let me go to the cross instead, you know. Well, that wouldn't make sense. Anyway, you guys catch my, what I'm trying to say. We can learn so much about their value of relationship just based on those things. They are relationship defined. Let's go on to slide number five. Got two scriptures. We'll start with those. Oh, I thought I had two on there. I might have separated it. So Ephesians chapter two, let's just get into the word of God. And now, because we are united to Christ, and I added in covenant, okay, because you were united to Jesus in a covenant invitation, the will was executed on the cross. The door is open for you to step into covenant relationship with the creator of the universe who made you inside of your mother, okay? So, and now because you are united to Christ in covenant, we both have equal and direct access in the realm of the Holy Spirit to come before the Father. You have been given equal and direct access to the Father by the Holy Spirit. That is big. There is no hoops to jump through. You don't have to do something first. To get access, you don't have to clean your life up. Make sure you know you haven't cussed for 24 hours or you know a week or whatever. You you didn't you know whatever. You didn't think a dirty thought or something. I'll address the men here because women have dirty thoughts probably too. So anyway, we're all you know scumbags at times. Let's just face it you know. But we don't call ourselves scumbags, but we know our behavior is kind of scumbaggish or as Lois would have said, scallywags. Scallywags. It really sarks. It sarks. Some of you are like, What's sarks? It's the Greek word for flesh, the flesh, like the sinful flesh. So sometimes life sarks. So, anyway, but that is not who we are. We may still deal with remnants of the old nature, but God has given us a new identity. He has given you a new heart, a new spirit, and given you direct access to the Father to come before the father. So you are not foreigners or guests. Get those words out of your brain. That is not who you are in the kingdom, but you rather, you are the children of the city of the holy ones with all, say all, All. with all the rights as family members of the household of God, period. Now that was the passion translation. Read it in the other versions. It's Basically says the same thing, just not as passionate. So family is important. We are all meant to be a part of a family. You know when the bars that get filled with with broken hearts that just drink their sorrows away, they they try to find community in those places. That's why they will go back to the same watering hole over and over. But that sense of community is not, not healing the broken place that's inside of them. All they can do is use a substitute of what God has for them to try to numb the pain that they're carrying. And it doesn't have to be a bar. We can do it with all kinds of substances or with behaviors. But we're all meant to be a part of a family, both here on the earth and in heaven. And I believe that a lot of the transformation in your thinking and in my thinking will come as we as we renew our thinking, as we renew our minds with what we see in heaven that God wants to bring in and funnel in through you and through your your brain filter to release into the earth in your relationships. Need to break in? I was just gonna make a comment that I love that if one of us has something going on and we shoot out a little text or something that (laughs) everyone basically is like, hey, I got your back. That is family. I love that. I love that about our group of people. Um, And the other thing I was thinking is, you know, I know we're all busy, everyone's got busy lives, but we don't want it to come across as Sundays are the only days we have family, you know. It has to be during the week, you know, having people over for dinner or whatever, or meeting up somewhere, getting in each other's lives. It takes intentionality, guys. I know as well as you all know, if you've been a Christian long enough, you got to want to take time to get with people. And it's obviously it's easier not to. And when you get married and you have kids, you'll find that it's even harder because you could just easily stay in your little family huddle and not go outside of your own four walls. So, I mean, it's our heart to in- increase our capacity for relationship. We would we would hope that, that, that something of the same thing that would be released in our lives would be also something that you guys would want to embrace too, as you have grace for it. I'm not saying legalistically beat yourself up and do things that just totally are not, there's like no grace of God on it. You need to talk to the Father, Look at your schedule and say, Lord, who are you highlighting? Be strategic, plot things out with him, and just be purposeful. Yeah. Let's look at slide number six. For this reason, Paul prayed to the Ephesians, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family, in the Greek word there is patria, or from whom all fatherhood in heaven and on earth is named. Basically, the Father that we pray to he is a family man. He's a family God. That is, his heart is for relationship. Hebrews 2, verse 11 in the NIV says, both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy, okay, we're talking about Jesus and us, are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call you brothers and sisters. That is mind blowing. I still struggle with that one because he's my king. He's the king of kings and lord of lords. If I saw him right now face to face, like John in Revelation 1, I would fall at his feet as though dead. I would be wearing brown trousers. I would be a mess. He would have to pick me up by his hand after I fainted and stayed in that fainted stage, state. and he would, he would lift me up and say, do not fear. And then fear would all go out. You know, That's just his voice. It's like thunder. It's like roaring water. It's like a sword. So it's hard for me to, to grasp this reality. But Jesus is not ashamed of you or me. He's not ashamed to call you brother or sister. That's amazing. He and He went on a great rescue mission to make it possible to take all y'all and bring you to his father and say, Here I am and all the children that you've given me. We are his reward. And He is our reward, and it's our desire to get see Jesus get the full reward of everything He suffered on the cross. That doesn't mean just salvations, but it is salvations, and it's also sealing the sick, seeing the sick healed and the dead raised, the broken made whole. The list goes on and on. He is good. So whatever's not good, that's just what He wants to do the opposite of. You guys okay? Okay, I'm gonna start revving up the truck here semis in full gear that was slide number six so let's go on to seven let's just keep on pounding this stuff down i didn't set my timer so you guys are gonna have to just be like give me a huge group yawn when you're like you're gone too long now okay so the next slide romans eight you did not receive the spirit of religious duty i just break that off you right now you did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back into the fear of never being good enough, because that's where that will go. But you have received <clears throat> the spirit of full acceptance. Put your hand on your heart and say, I have received the spirit of full acceptance. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. You have received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding in you into the family of God you're not an orphan. You are not an orphan. Sometimes we carry an orphan heart, but God is going to heal that thing. You will never feel orphaned for as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father, Or Abba, Father, Daddy, God. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into your innermost being, you are God's beloved child. That is precious. Let's go on to the next one. It's not a scripture. It's a quote. Uh Uh-oh. But we did some scripture, so we're safe. The Trinity is a family. And their expression of family is meant to be to us A picture of how to live in relationship on earth. I think I've already said that several times. (laughs) Above anything else. Okay. So this is important. Above anything else. Miracles, signs, and wonders. I long to see miracles, signs, and wonders. We do training and training and training to renew our brains to think the way Jesus wants us to think. Like him. So that we can be that conduit, that vessel, that pipeline where God's power can flow through us and we can have a lifestyle of miracles, signs, and wonders. But if you don't have love and you don't have relationships, you're nothing but noise. Above anything else, above miracles, signs, and wonders, above all that we think and feel, there is love. Okay, the Bible tells us it's God, He is love. Love sums up who he is. There is love above everything else. Love that is meant to be experienced in the context of relationship. First, with the vertical, and then with the horizontal. We all have moments where we're not loving. We've all experienced unlove. And we've all been unlovable or unloving as well. So we can't point the finger... Because when you're pointing the finger, you got three pointing back. Okay, So we all screw up, but God is not going to abandon us. He doesn't just leave us. He doesn't just boot you aside like a smart car. Anyway, that was a joke. (coughs) Smart car. He doesn't do that to us. (laughs) I'm glad you guys don't watch the same comedy that I've watched because it's not recommendable. Thank you, honey. She's encouraged me here. Keep going. Keep going. Get out of the rut. Love in, in the context of relationships. Let's go on to the next one, Ethan. Slide number nine. Oh, this is easy. Church is not something you go to. It's a family you belong to. Out of all of our core values, early on when we got the commission, when Lord the Lord told us to plant a church, we felt like, there are three, like a triad. There are three key things that have to be in place if we want to do this. Like the like the three legs of a of a stool. Well, they usually have four, but anyway, we pick three. The presence of God above all things. If he is not in it, then we're just walking in a kingdom without the king. Principles without the presence. We want him. I want his presence. I want the Holy Spirit to come and have freedom and and release his goodness all over our gatherings that's why i love getting together with everyone here because it's our opportunity just to just to get lost in what the holy spirit wants to release there you go thank you did you just move it down oh you did okay romans 10 he's going to help me out here be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers this morning before we i finished up Many I I love highlighting stuff as you can tell because I want to emphasize certain things. Before I actually got up fully, it was like a record skipping in my brain or like a tape, whatever. Tapes. You guys don't even know what records and tapes are. It was like the MP3 was on repeat over and over and over. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. The heart of our God is that you and I would be devoted to one another so we can fix each other and tell each other that you got issues. No. Pull the log out of your own eye before you try to pick a splinter out of mine. Or I mean, your neighbors. He wants us to be devoted to one another in love. We all need love and encouragement. Right? Awesome. Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor of one another. And honor, we'll, we'll cover that in the months ahead, and I think we talk about it on and off. You know, there's a good book called The Culture of Honor on the book table. So let's go ahead and move forward. I think we're doing okay. You guys, I didn't get a big yawn yet, but I think we're right at the, right there where we need to stop pretty quick here. Okay, so we're going to read the scriptures, and I'm not going to commentary, hardly at all. Love is large. This is, you guys know it, 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. Not meant to be read at just at weddings, but at days like today. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements, nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect. Uh oh, I'm convicted right now. Not about the shame. I don't want you guys to be like, what's he ashamed of? No, it's disrespect. Anyways, I'll move on. Nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated. Oh, again, here I go. Or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Next one. Love is a safe place of shelter, and it, for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. Love never stops loving. I'm going to repeat that top one. Love is a safe place of shelter, you know, people have told us in the past that they feel like this is a safe place. When we did church in our home, they said, this feels like a safe place here. We want our church family, the DNA of this family, to be a safe place where people are honored, where they feel like they're being invited to have a seat at the table, at the family dinner table, to have a seat in the living room. Come and sit right up in the front row. If you want, it's all open. So, I mean, Next week. Next week. We want our church to be a safe place. We don't want people to come up and prophesy doom and gloom and point out people's sin. That would probably be the first and last time that that person spoke. I might give them a second chance after clarifying why we do prophetic ministry. Anyway, that's that's what love is. Okay, Ethan's going to keep me going. He wants to get all these done, don't you? Okay, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved... Make sure you don't forget that you are holy and dearly loved and chosen. So since you're chosen and holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And keep putting that clothing on over and over because it gets dirty and then you got to find it fresh again, right? I'm speaking to myself, Scott. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Don't let your grievance be an issue that turns into something that causes you to just break covenant relationship. And we've all been there. We've all done that. But this is a challenge for me, and it's a challenge for you guys. God has given us a key here. When offense comes in, he's challenging us to deal with that offense instead of running away. over all these virtues. Oh, I need to back up. Bear with each other, forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Okay, there's our standard. I've been forgiven of all my crud, so I guess I need to forgive them too. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And be thankful. I almost put it on a little slide on Facebook yesterday. I think I said it over the phone to you. Thankfulness will cause the clouds to part. When you're feeling like you're walking in just like dark, gloomy Bremerton as a mailman or whatever you're doing, you feel like things are just kind of depressing and low all around you, begin to lift up thanks. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Rejoice in the Lord. Begin to praise him. Begin to thank him for what he has done and for what he's going to do. And watch that stuff lift. You will sense his presence lighting on you. It'll just rest right on you when you start to thank him. Thanksgiving is important. In fact, the psalm says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Come into his courts with praise. That's the key. That's the password to get in. Thanks and praise. Let's let's just keep blasting through this. We're almost done. Don't yawn yet. The Holy Spirit of God has sealed you in Jesus Christ until you experience your full salvation. Thank you, Lord. So never grieve the Spirit of God. Don't grieve Him or take for granted His holy influence in your life. Lay aside bitter words. That means you might have taken them up, so lay them aside. Temper tantrums, kids. Revenge, profanity, dad, insults—all of y'all, all of y'all. I'm sorry, guys. I just—I don't want anyone to feel like I'm pointing the finger. And I have to be transparent that I am not perfect. I know you thought I was, <laughs> but the truth be told, yes, I'm a mailman. They get grumpy. It's a dirty job. But instead, be kind. Be kind. Just be kind. When you start to get grumpy, just be kind. You do have control. You cannot tell people that you made me mad. No, you control you. You're a powerful person. You have the ability to control your inner thermostat. Nobody can control you except for the Holy Spirit and you and your choice. You can allow their behavior to influence you. So be kind and affectionate toward one another. God Has God graciously forgiven you? Then graciously forgive one another in the depths of Christ's love. I think we're almost done here. One more. Discover creative ways to encourage people. Motivate them toward acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing because we need each other. It's okay to miss church on occasion, you know, you just need to unplug. But we need each other. Like if you're missing corporate gatherings, plug in with believers during the week. Get some fellowship. Get on the phone. Text at least. Do something. Get some encouragement. We need each other. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate that, that day dawning. Last, ohana. Ohana. Why don't you guys stand up and just stare at that for a second. We're going to pray because we're done. Ohana. Makes me want to go back to Kauai. Just you and me. No kids. Sorry, guys. I know you all want to go too, but we've only been there once and we want to go again without them. (laughs) Because it was wonderful. Ohana means family. And family means nobody gets left behind or forgotten. This is what we are inviting ourselves, each other, into. A covenant relationship. Not a contract, but a covenantal relationship. Because we are in covenant with Jesus. And we want our relationships here on earth to be full of what is in heaven. That same covenant that brought us into oneness with Jesus and the Father and the Spirit is the same covenant that invites us to come together as brothers and sisters, as one family. Doesn't mean, you know, we want to control you and keep you tied up here and locked here. Like I said before, you'll find your purpose when you find your people. And there are different expressions of the body of Christ all over the world, okay? But we want to have that atmosphere of just making that a priority to see one another as family.